0: Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and co-hosted by Chris covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Rivals, you can follow Patrick at Patrick Trotty, you can follow myself at CP7NY, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google iHeartRadio and Amazon. And you could also find us on Sportswire Radio at sportsanarium.com backslash player. You can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce at Thomas Bryce2017 for all the scheduling of all the other great shows on there. So, Patrick, what's going on? Another week down. Uh, just treading
1: water. I think both both our teams I, I know the Red Sox won six and four but it doesn't feel like it in their last ten uh I think the Yankees did the same six and four couple couple of game winning streak but it's it's just too little too late for Boston it's uh I think they are eliminated um their elimination number is six but I think that's a combination of wins and losses by other teams oh okay I think I read where if they lose, I think it's two more games or three more. They're done. Because mm. if they win, if if by some miracle they win out, they win ninety games. Oh, okay, yeah, you They have to win twenty-one in a row. Wow, to get to ninety. Mm. So it's um. I mean, I look at the run differential, negative thirty-three. They're they're where they should be not quite as bad as that bottom tier in the American League like Oakland, Texas, Detroit, Kansas City. They're right around where Minnesota is. Yeah, so um, it's just they're in the wrong division in the wrong year <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, but,
1: uh, yeah they're... how are the Yankees doing?
0: Um you know what? they had a much better week. Um, coming into the week, obviously not feeling too good about them. But um, definitely feeling a little better now. I mean, they did lose two in a row. Um, the one, the end of the Minnesota series. The, uh, that's that's where you know what. Thank God Minnesota is around because for whatever reason the Yankees own Minnesota. I mean, and it's gone how many years back now? We just own them. Uh, we had the four game series. We took three out of four. We should have swept them. Um, but um, and then the big why do you series, think that is? Before we get into the rest of it, is I don't it know. Just- is it a mental thing on both sides? Maybe, you know, the Yankees are so overconfident, so confident against Minnesota. But, I mean, there's different players, you know. Different so-
1: players, different managers.
0: Yeah. Um
1: Some of them, a lot of them, as you know, have been in the postseason. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like you're playing in May. You know, some of these are very important games. and I think it's over the course of three managers at yep. least.
0: It's, it, it's weird. It is. it is. It's crazy. You know, and we took three out of four, you know, after losing three straight. Uh, and it looked like, oh, I mean, not, not we, we lost three out of four. Excuse me. Um, we did end up winning that last game in Tampa. And then we come home um, to play the four games against Minnesota. And that's, you know, that was uh, some good sauce to get better on. So we took three out of four against Minnesota and then lost that first game against Tampa which was going to be, you know, the, the huge series. And that was the Derek G tonight. It was pretty bad that we lost that game. But um, but then we came back and won the next two, 10-3, 10-4. Offense is scoring again. And, um, you know, Cabrera finally got his first home run. Uh, Stanton hit a home run. The the first time
1: game. in a while, right?
0: Yeah, he hit one off of uh, a position player the, the day before on Saturday. Oh, that's the one that got him. Yeah, and then kind of off the yeah, and then yesterday he got one. So hopefully he's back. And then you know I, I think I sent you that um, that thing with all these guys playing in uh, Somerset rehabbing right now. So yep. um, Bader's finally started his rehab. Um, Zach Britton is down there. He threw an inning. Chapman threw an inning. Castro threw an inning. Severino pitched. So all these guys that are on the mend. Hopefully they'll be back in a week or so um Rizzo is finally in the dugout he was he couldn't even get up he was laying down because he was getting headaches from the epidural he got for his back So yeah so he should be back pretty soon I would think by the end of the week we'll see him maybe even sooner um so this is a you know that's the good news for the Yankees I mean you got these guys coming back healthy I don't know anything about Matt Carpenter I haven't heard anything so that's probably not good news so we probably won't see him dj there was a chance he's going to be out for the year so you know that's something you got to play by uh by year i guess you know week week to week we'll have to wait and see any kind of results any kind of updates but um i mean they're playing much better right now for this week but we'll see you know the upcoming week i know we got this little series against you guys for two and then yeah, we got up Milwaukee. In Boston. Yeah. Um and then we got Milwaukee after that which is going to be not an easy series by any chance, you know, cause they're playing well now too. Um, so I feel much better now. And, and especially with the players coming back from injury and rehabbing. So, you know, they're on the right track. So you figure, all right, in a week or two, we'll get them back before the postseason starts at least get them some games, you know, some major league action in, not just minor league action. So, um, You know, I think things are looking up in that way. It's just a matter of what are they going to do in the playoffs, right? That's. Yeah, that's I mean, that's when it counts. And
1: yeah, you'd like to see, like you said, players get some at bats before the playoffs. But it's all about the playoffs for the Yankees. this year. It's you guys are. I mean, I, I think you guys have a if you if you go 15 and six, you win 100. Not that that's an important milestone, but. It's funny how for half the season that seemed like a foregone conclusion, right? (laughs) foregone conclusion. And then it seemed the complete opposite recently. So, like you said, things are trending in the right direction. I mean, I I, I guess it's – I'm just trying to say, you know, things are – you guys are still plugging along. If you keep on winning – if you keep on winning series, you're going to, I mean, the division for a minute there was, the race was tight.
0: Yeah. I mean, Kinda, it still Tampa is.
1: They lost the last two. You guys won the last two. So I, I'm not going to say anything's over
0: yet, but. No, definitely not. When I'm, I saw it
1: at three and a half, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah.
0: I'm still not comfortable.
1: <laughs> no, it, it shouldn't be as close as it is.
0: No, I definitely not. There, that was a rough stretch, and hopefully that's behind us. You know, if they could just play, you know, like you said, fifteen and six. All right, I'll even take, I'll even take twelve and nine. To be honest, I, I don't care about the hundred wins. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine as long as they're more than five, better than five hundred, and the bats are, you know, the bats yeah. are starting to score runs. You know, and because the pitching is there, I think the pitching is there. I, I, the big thing is. For me, with the pitching is Holmes. Can Holmes be that anchor at at the end of the bullpen? You know, can he be the closer? That's my biggest question with that. And the starters are the starters. I I think the rest of the pitching is fine, especially if we get some of these guys back. If we get Britton back, if we get Sevy back, if we get even Efris. I heard he was going to start to rehab as well. So if we get all these guys back, um. I feel pretty good with the bullpen and the starting. It's just Holmes, and he's pitched okay since he came back from his uh, IL stint. So, um. it, hey,
1: it's, <laughs> one of us has to watch a playoff team play baseball.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: I mean, because hmm. I'm 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 going through the box score and this past week for the Red Sox, they they got swept in Tampa, and it's in Tampa, so it was equally, it was doubly as bad. To watch, they mm-hmm. lost. It, some close games. I mean, they lost four to three, and then eight four, and then they lose one nothing. Um, Cassis did get his first career home run, so that's one one thing. Um, then they had the day off, and then they go to Baltimore and they lose another close one, three to two. They get right on Saturday, seventeen to four. I wish they could. It's infuriating because I wish they could spread those runs around. Right, Like, where were those 17 runs when they were losing by one in Tampa? But And then Sunday was – there was, like, an hour and a half rain delay, and it was the Rich Hill shows up day. This was his one start where – I think he did this about a month ago where he gave up, like, one hit over seven innings. Mm -hmm. Well, this was his second one. So he did five innings, two hits, seven strikeouts, and – Amazing. I don't know how he gets it done. You're gonna look up at the end of the year and he's gonna win like ten games. And that's amazing. Just, he's the epitome of a crafty lefty. And anytime you can win a game with getting four hits, it's it's literally a win. Uh Barnes got a save, but I'm looking at the bullpen and it's just not good. I mean, other outside of Whitlock and Schreiber. Strom is, he's, he is what he is. He's, he's an up and down inconsistent, but he's starting to put together. other, he's starting to level out, He's starting to lower his ERA, but I'm, I'm just afraid that they're going to go back to Matt Barnes as a closer next year.
0: Well, I, I think the one thing they got to figure out is what they're going to do with Whitlock.
1: Yep.
0: Right. I mean, totally he's agree. Been, he's been everything. He's been a starter. He's been the closer. He's been the setup. Yeah, and I get that
1: the innings limit is a thing, and it's almost – it's kind of similar to what you were talking about with Mr. Cortez, you know, Mm -hmm. never reaching a certain inning milestone. So you kind of plateau out and you don't want to overdo it, but at a certain point, you just got to define a role and stick with it.
0: Well, he's right about what he pitched last year.
1: Yes. I was just looking it up. In his career, which is two years – he's pitched 150 innings and this year he has 76 innings.
0: Yeah, so he's right. So the, basically um, what he last did last year
1: he pitched 73. Right.
0: So a little above
1: it. Um
0: but more games, that's the only thing cuz he did start some games this year. I don't know if that plays into their you know their number that they're looking at. I don't know if that means anything.
1: Yeah, it's it's tricky. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they have to they have to figure him out, and they have to figure out, obviously, what they're doing with Bogarts. Uh, the report was um, that the Phillies are going to be heavily in on Bogarts this offseason.
0: Another team that you got to watch out for spending money this year um, as, like, not a sleeper team, but the Cubs.
1: Yeah, you mentioned them a while ago. and It makes more and more sense because – I mean, first, you got to spend the money. If you're in a market like that, you got it. So spend it. And I was watching. uh, They have a lot. They have a lot of. I wouldn't say a lot of young talent, but they are a sneaky. Team.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. And and I was watching MLB uh, Network today and one of the reporters that covers the Cubs, uh, it's a woman she was on today and she was saying that the the owner has come out publicly and said, listen, the GM has he's got the money to spend. Yeah. You know. So basically they're opening up their their, you know, <coughs> their wallets to spend. I mean, she they mentioned, opened, she mentioned they, shortstop.
1: Yeah. They they signed obviously Strowman last year. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do with Hap and Contreras, but there's gonna be money coming off the books for a team that's already kind of low payroll for their size market. So
0: yeah, no, definitely. Um that's Yeah, it's no matter
1: what, it's gonna be weird to see Bogart's uh, in a different uniform. I, yeah. I think he's gonna be in a different uniform,
0: but and I think that's so ridiculous. I'll be yeah, honest. I think it, it's the most ridiculous thing. Boston is just trying to have it both ways right now. As much it's, as I hate when
1: people get on bloom the GM, uh and call Boston, Tampa Bay, of the North, they kind of are right now because they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to say, oh, we're a historic franchise and we're a big market team. Okay, then act like it and mm-hmm. spend like it. And I'm not saying stupidly spend, you know, blank checks here. And you get you get a new contract and this guy gets a new contract, but you have the money. You're charging the most per ticket, I think, in all of Major League Baseball to go to the games, spend it. Right. and it just and I think it goes back to the Henry, um, John Henry, the owner the ownership, at least the head of the ownership group. I, I know he owns part of Liverpool and I think they're in on the back. Penguins
0: now too. And, and they're still in NASCAR, right? Aren't they in Roush Fenway? Yeah, that's
1: where they made their money and then they have some stuff in in newspapers, and I get it—you have, have to money. own a lot of things to make a lot of money.
0: But right. Bottom line, they have money. <laughs> yeah,
1: they have the money, and it just seems like they might be stretched a little too thin, or they figure, "Hey, as long as we can make money with the Red Sox, we don't have to—we don't have to go the extra mile." And it seems like this year is one of those years that the Red Sox have every couple of years, whereas the Yankees are consistently above 500 every year for the last quarter century, Red Sox, Bobby Valentine that year. Um, they've gone from worst to first a couple of years. So I guess the hope is next year people get healthy. I I, I, I don't plans. know what they're doing with Bogarts stuff. I don't get it because he's shown the ability.
0: And we've said it how many times that Boston is like New York. It's not an easy place to play in no nope. and this guy has shown the whole his whole career he's shown that he could play there and he's shown that he could play in in the big spot in the playoffs in the world series and, and i don't, get I don't that get his it.
1: power numbers aren't great, right but he's batting 3.19 his ops is 860 so it's above his career ops 13 home runs 66 RBIs. his his defensive metrics have actually gotten a little better Than what they were, and they always were average at best, right? But he's, I mean, he's 29, and he's proven it in that market. I I just don't know what more he has to do. Like, if you're not going to spend it for him,
0: right? Who are you going to? What's the next thing that's coming down
1: the pike? Raphael Devers. What's the excuse going to be with Devers? Right. It can't be the age because he's four years younger. It can't be that he hasn't proven it in Boston because he has. Is it going to be the defense? Is it going to be, well, we can't spend a 10 year contract on him because of where is he going to play? Mm-hmm. I just, if if this happens, if this happened once with Mookie Betts, I could just chalk it up to, okay, fine.
0: Well, I think at least with Betts, you got something for him, right? I mean, they traded him and, yeah. Well, Bogart, you're going to lose him. And what are you going to get? A, a pick?
1: I don't even know if you get a pick because he's opting out of a contract. Right. That's right. I'm not sure. I think those picks are attached to free agents.
0: So that I don't know. It's going to
1: look even worse. As an unrestricted free agent, or I, I wouldn't even know. Even even to your point, even if they do get a pick for him.
0: Right. It's, and okay. think about this. You, you know, the Red Sox are having the season that they're having below 500, not going to be in the playoffs and you're going to lose Bogart's for nothing. And you decided to keep them during the trade deadline. You know, like yeah. they could have moved him at the trade deadline and got, you know, a, a pretty good package for the guy, obviously, from somebody who yeah, was, they would have gotten. Yeah, absolutely. Couple,
1: they would have gotten a couple of prospects and you can build around and look, prospects, like we always say, are. But it's 50, something 50 lotto tickets, right. but it's better than nothing,
0: right? And how, how's that going to look when you turn around to your fans and say, Oh, we couldn't sign Bogarts? And then you're going to be like, Well, why didn't you trade him in July when you had the exactly. chance, right? You could have got something for at least listen, the fans are not going to be happy either way, but at least if you traded him, you could say, Listen, look at the guys we got. This guy's going to be, uh, you know, he's the next Juan Soto or he's the next whatever. So at least you could hold on to that this way. Same thing with the Yankees. But at least the Yankees were, you know, in first place and all that stuff. So you can't trade judge at that point, you know, that's like impossible. And he's carrying the team. So
1: it's, it's infuriating because it's Bogarts is doing everything he can do and everything he should do. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I don't think they should give him a, a blank contract, a judge situation. I don't think you should think that either. But they should, they should say, "Here's our best and final." And if it's truly their best and final offer, make it public and give him the captaincy. And say this is this is where we went to. This is our our final bottom line. And I think I, I'm not going to be happy if he doesn't resign with Boston. But I'll understand it if they say this is if they offered him five years. 150 million, 175 million, whatever the number is. Mm -hmm. And some team just says, you know what, we're going to give him seven years. Right. Okay, fine. I'll have to accept it. I get it. And you know what? Boston is just saying, well, he has three years, 60 million on his contract. And if that's it, because earlier in the year, there was a report that. Between the Red Sox and Devers, they were at least hundred million apart. And Bogarts and the Red Sox, they were significantly apart. I, I don't I don't get it. With the money they they the revenue that the team generates, I I think you can figure out a way to I just don't know how you go from two all-stars on the left side of the infield to potentially none.
0: Right. Yeah. I, And I, and you know what, it's going to be the same situation with, with the Yankees. I think the Yankees are going to up their offer from what they offered them before the season. Yeah. And I think with same thing, with, I think it's going to come down to the same, it's going to be the same situation. I think another team is going to come in and go a little bit higher on the years, maybe not the per year salary, but definitely the years. And he's going to bolt and just, I think Bogarts is the same thing. Boston's mm-hmm. gonna give him a good a good offer. May not be, you know, an overwhelmingly great offer, but I think it's gonna give him a pretty good offer. I think they have to business wise. Um and then I don't think he gets commit. as
1: much as obviously Trey Turner or um a Korea, other right? yeah. Dansby Swanson. They're they're different types of players, but
0: yeah, they uh, are all those
1: ...knocked down. So I think Bogart's – somebody's going to offer him more than the Red Sox are going to go for. I think so. It's just a matter of if he wants to stay in Boston. So in a lot of ways, like you said, it's similar to uh, Judge. It's oh, just
0: – I think it's going to be the same exact – you know, financially, yeah. the numbers are going to be all oh, – the numbers are going
1: to be totally different. But the, yeah. the
0: narrative and
1: the story behind it is going to yeah. be very similar.
0: I definitely think so. And then it's going to come down to the players deciding what they really want. Does Does Bogarts want, does he love here as much as, you know, in Boston, as much as to say, okay, I'm going to, I don't want the extra two years. I'll stay in Boston because I love it here. Right. Yankees, is Judge going to say, you know what, I want to retire a Yankee. I want the captaincy. I want the you know, I want my number retired. He wants that. Does he want that hope? Cause that's part of the contract. You know, he knows once he signs that contract or I'm sure it's going to be talked about, you know, you're going to get the captaincy. Most likely you're going to get a number. You're going to get your number retired in center field. You're going to have a day, you know, you got the old timers day, all that stuff. A team like Seattle doesn't off, you know, can't offer you that a team like Minnesota, yeah. you know, t- teams like that can't offer you all these things. And You know, to me or you, wow, that sounds pretty cool. But to another player, eh, if I could get three more years at 30 something million dollars a year, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the the judge it would
1: be probably 100 million total.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money.
1: Bogarts, it'll probably be 25 to 50 million total. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. lot.
0: Absolutely. And it's hard to say no to that. So that's what it's going to come down to, you know, unless they, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's definitely. I'm I'm very curious to see um, what happens to both because, like like we said, it's it's kind of the same situation, and uh, it'll be interesting. And I'm not
1: advocating for blank check and
0: no, no me either because that's that's not smart at all. No, it, it is a business. I get that. You can Take off your fan
1: cap and understand that. But at the end of the day, you, you still have to make a competitive offer. You you can't be – if he goes to – if Bogarts goes to the Cubs and it's within a year and within 10, 20 million, no, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. If some team blows him out of the water, okay, fine, move on. But – and I think they're they're hedging their bets because Trevor Story signing, I don't think it takes – a diehard fan to notice that they're kind of hedging their bets and getting ready for this a year in advance. And if they sign story and they wouldn't say they're going to move him to shortstop, but he came up as a shortstop and as this shortstop. He is a shortstop and you're not going to pay your homegrown shortstop. They kind of knew this day was coming. Mm -hmm. And they've been preparing for plan B, which just goes to show me that I don't think they're, I think it goes back to the ownership. And it just, they have a team that we know we're going to make money. We know we're going to sell out. If we win, it's great. If we lose, it's really bad, but we can kind of just get by with having a subpar year and still get the fans. And this this year is the epitome of that. They could win 80 games. They're still going to have me. I'm still going to pay. I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to... Mm-hmm. So... And, and, then- and they are still spending some money. It's not like they're you know out there with a $50 million payroll, but you can't have it where you're a big market team and then you don't act like it when it counts.
0: And we have to remember, at the end of the day it's a business. And these guys, your owners, the Yankee owners with Hal Steinbrenner and all them, they're business owners. They don't, they don't look at it the same way the fan does and say, right. we have to sign this guy because of this, this, and this. They look at it as, okay, I'm not going to spend all that money on that guy when I could get somebody younger and maybe even pay him a, leave and a little less. Right. Yep. And we'll get to, and we'll, you know, like the money ball is a perfect example, but just with, a lot more money involved like th- right. that's what they're looking at with the with the numbers not the not just the money numbers but also the the analytics right <laughs> so and excuse me
1: but at the end of the day I get it I, I understand it but it's Moneyball... what happened with Oakland they didn't win right I agree they, they didn't win at all and it's moneyball is great until There's a game seven to be won, and you need that huge – you have that huge at bat. I mean, look at what Oakland. what doesn't get mentioned in the movie, I'm not sure about the book, but in the movie Moneyball, they wasted all that great young pitching. Yep. No championships with Zito, Hudson, Mulder.
0: I think only one World Series, right? They got there with them, just one. They didn't? Oh, wait, no. They, no, they didn't. That's right. They lost to Detroit. I don't know why, but I think yeah, they, they lost, lost to Detroit.
1: Detroit. They lost to the Red Sox. They lost to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they never got to the World Series. The so they never was- won a pennant, and they had Giambi, Chavez, Tejada, and three great young pitchers. Yep. So you could say, on one one sense. They, they made the most out of what little money they had. But on the other hand, did they really? Because right. <laughs> I don't know. If you're this close, if you're, you're in an ultra-competitive division like the Red Sox are, these teams aren't getting any, any worse. The oh. Orioles are on, on the rise. The Yankees are the Yankees. Toronto seems to be getting much better every year. Tampa Bay is gonna do what Tampa Bay does. Yeah, you I
0: keep can up. see if
1: ownership is saying to the GM or the GM is saying to the owner, maybe. Look, our analytics say we might need to not rebuild, but reset, retool, however you want to say it. So That's maybe true. I'm just hoping this is the year that they take their lumps and they come back next year. So yeah.
0: Hey, you know what? Those the days of this free spending free spending like uh like George did like George Steinbrenner did. Those days are over, you know, with the salary cap. And I know it's not a hard cap, you know, with the tax, but
1: but even if you have to think about it for a minute, it, it affects
0: teams. Yeah. And it does. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. Because when you when you start thinking about when you start thinking about the team as a business and you're like, okay, if I sign this guy, I'm gonna go over the tax, that means everything else I have to spend double right or whatever the whatever the percentage is right so if I spend another 20 million that turns into 40 million yep. now that doesn't sound like a lot or it does sound like a lot to us but you know what to them it is too 20 million is 20 million dollars even if you got a billion dollars still 20 million is still 20 million and if you're gonna and if there's no guarantee right if I spend another 30 million dollars, on yeah, the if there was a guarantee,
1: then every team would do it.
0: Right. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee there's that no, there's to the no
1: direct correlation between no. spending the most and winning the most.
0: And that's what they're gonna say. You know, that's what the owners will say or to the analytics guys. Okay, guarantee me we're gonna go to the world series if you if you sign Bogarts, if you sign, if you go out and sign two pitches for me, give me the percentage of you think I'm gonna make it. And right, what do you think they're gonna say? Uh there's no guarantee because you know, his injuries and everything else. I just don't
1: what? want to see the Red Sox take that hundred and fifty or two hundred million and spend it on a bunch of you no know, offense to him, but like a rich hill and you know, a bunch of fifth starters and a right. bunch Second-tier of second tier guys,
0: third tier guys. I got yeah, yeah, you I gotta
1: it's it's a matter of okay, if you're not doing if you're not spending on Bogarts, what are you spending it on? And if they have a clear plan, and it makes sense, they move storage short, they figure out second base, and they spend that money on young pitching, fine. Okay. I hate to see Bogarts go, but it makes somewhat of sense. So,
0: it's- I, I mean, listen, I'm already expecting something like that for the Yankees. I'm not expecting them to go big. Even if they lose... Even But if they lose Judge, they better do something...
1: Right. right, that's what he I'm saying. The I don't now know. what? Is right, are exactly.
0: Waiting for, for. I mean, both of least. us, and the Yankees. I know they're going to bring up guys. You know, they obviously we see Cabrera now. He'll be up next year. Um, I would think Parraza is going to be up up here as well because he's up now. And even though his bat's not there yet.
1: And, and I would say Volpe you know? probably gets to the bigs by next year, right?
0: I yeah, I I would think. I, I still Later think they're gonna. Yeah, I still think going to manipulate the the service clock, the time thing. So I'm going to say May, right? May is when they they, they can yeah, hold on to May, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Not with the exact date, but I think it's May. So I'm expecting that with them. I I hope not. I hope he gets you know the opening day you know spot, but you never know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a new team next year. I mean, Hicks is already he's got to be gone. I don't know who's I don't know how they're going to get rid of him other than releasing him. But I can't see him coming back next year. It's
1: I, awesome. yeah, I, I wouldn't. Between, I mean, if he was giving you great defense, right,
0: you could kind of live with it as like a, a fourth, fifth
1: outfielder. <laughs> oh
0: my God. He's just awful. He's all, aw- yeah. I mean, in every sense of the word. And it's just a horrible contract. You could yep. act that on to, you know, Cashman's bad contracts. And that's another one, you know, seven years. 70 million dollars, I think it was. And I think he's it's three and 30 million dollars left. So are they going to just cut him and eat 30 million dollars? I don't know. Well, uh, I, I think there's a trade to be made. Possibly. I don't know, but if you're willing to eat enough of that money, right? It'll probably be at if least you, half, you if know? You're, yeah.
1: Cause if you're telling me you could take a flyer on a proven player in Hicks for three years and 10 to 15 million total. I think a team with deep pockets is going to try that. Yeah, possibly. Maybe a team like Milwaukee.
0: Right. They could use a bat. Maybe they'll, uh,
1: you never know. That's if the Yankees are willing to eat half of the contract and take on just a, a lottery ticket.
0: Yeah. Some low level minor leaguer or something. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm already and I'm sure all Yankee fans are, you know, like this team's going to be a totally different team next year with or without Judge. I'm not saying it in case Judge leaves or if he doesn't leave, whether he stays or not, it's going to be a different team next year. Um, and we're already going to see it, you know, with the guys coming up in the next week or two. And uh, the postseason roster is going to look totally different than what we're seeing right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, both of our teams are going to go through a lot of changes. Um, and, but uh, the, yeah. the
1: good news for for Yankee fans out there is obviously you guys have the playoffs to look forward to.
0: Yeah, I hope and hopefully In
1: between it's, now yeah. and next year, it's. I mean, you you hope you get a you you go on a deep run and you get hot and health and you stay healthy. Houston's out there, lurking. If you make it that far
0: and anything less than facing to me anything less than facing Houston in the ALCS is going to be a disaster anything like yeah i agree they have to at least get to that point if they go to Houston and let's say they play them and they play till seven games and they lose a seven game series which yeah, is very if you
1: possible, lose to like a Verland, you, you know
0: like yeah. a that's anybody that's pitching for them is good right now
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and and i Listen, and you remember going back to April, May, even June when they were playing as good as they were playing. I said, I don't know if they're going to, I still don't think they're going to beat Houston in the playoffs. You know, I still think they're going to get stuck at that, you know. But back then, they at least had home field advantage. Now they don't even have it. I mean, now I think they're five back of it. So I um, think,
1: I think in April, May, and parts of June, if I'm not mistaken, the Yankees played better. Than they were. Probably. For the second half of the year, they played worse than they were. I don't I don't think you've seen the true leveling out, which is weird because there's only what 20 games left. And I don't Yankee, think you've seen probably still the Yankees won't. truly are.
0: And I don't think you will.
1: I think no. you're just gonna unfortunately for Yankee fans, you might find out in game five of the first round. Sure. You know what I mean? It could be one of those things where but on the other hand, you gotta be in it to win it. So you're if you're in the playoffs, you get hot. You you get ride judge and Stanton get some pitching and you gotta be you gotta beat the best to be the best, right? So you gotta yeah, go through Houston and
0: Listen, that's what it's gonna come down to. You know, you gotta get past Houston. Until we beat them, we're just gonna be, you know second place guys or third place guys. So um, can we, can we beat them? Yeah, I, I I don't, I'm not talking like Houston is unbeatable. No. It's just that we haven't beaten them yet. So until we right. do beat them. Until I we will, do, it's
1: a thing to consider.
0: Yeah. I, until we beat them, they're, they're going to beat us. That's the way, that's my mentality is with the, with this team, because I haven't seen this team rise up and win a playoff series against Houston. When they do, I'll say, okay. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope they go on a run and get to the World Series and beat whoever's there, probably Dodgers, Mets, whoever. But right now, they're just obviously extremely inconsistent because we've seen them play really well and really bad. And, you know, if they play like they have the last few games, maybe say 10 games, they're at 600. You know, they're six and four. I'll take that the rest of the way. You know, I'll be very happy. If you go six
1: and four, that means you won a series three games to. Yeah, you're winning series, so and that's all you got to do. Doing that in the playoffs, obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if we do that, I'm I'm very happy going into the playoffs. They're playing that way, and um, like I said, uh, we'll see what these guys coming back and what they're gonna how they are gonna and that's the I think that's gonna be interesting going forward is when they all come back how they're gonna fit everybody because a lot of these guys aren't. I would think Peraza's gonna get sent down. You know, when one of the bats come back, like Bader, or they, they might even get rid of Marwin Gonzalez. You know, he's the name we've been talking about for like two months. Like they should release him. But um and, but now with Cabrera, you know, maybe Hicks. I don't know what they're going to do with Hicks. Are they going to really waste a, a roster spot with just him sitting there on the bench? Because they're not even playing. I don't anymore. think you can. No, you can't with all these guys coming back. I mean, and then the ball pin as well. You know, you got good arms coming back at some point, hopefully. So an invader. Bader, um, maybe DJ LeMay, who comes back. You know, Rizzo is gonna be activated this week, probably. So um yeah, a lot of changes coming. Uh good changes finally. Um, and we'll see the last couple of weeks, uh two, three weeks, whatever it is. And hopefully, we've got, you know, we've still got five
1: games between each other. So I guess the Red Sox now are officially they're officially in. The mode of let's uh, let's just play, I'm trying to trying to come up with a nice way of saying let's just play spoiler to other teams and looking ahead tomorrow it's in it's in Fenway last two games against the Yankees in Fenway on the year. Uh, Pavetta's pitching. It doesn't say that the Yankees have Yankees haven't listed their starters yet. Okay. The pitchers for Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, but it's going to be Pavetta and then Bello for the Red Sox, and I, I don't know what to expect because Pavetta. I mean, there was a point there. I think he was eight and three, and when we were talking he might get a shot on the All Star team, and now he's nine and eleven. So you can yeah. tell how that went. <laughs> yeah. Since then, it hasn't been that great. Um, and Bello, look, he's one I'm throwing the stats out with Brian Bello because this is his first year, it's not even his first full year up in the big leagues. And he finally got his first career win. He's starting to he's starting to pitch better. He's a young, promising arm for the future. So I'd be interested to see what he does against the Yankees and then after that, The homestand continues against Kansas City. And um, after that, it's, you know, we play you guys again in the Bronx next weekend. And then a lot of divisional games. So the Red Sox are playing spoiler and the Yankees are looking to get healthy and put their best foot forward before the playoffs. And there's only four full weeks
0: until the playoffs. It's crazy. And you know what? I look at and you could you could look at it too with the Red Sox. You could point to two series, two teams that they've played, the Red Sox, and you could say that against these two teams have cost them a playoff spot, right? Toronto, they're three and thirteen. Yep. And Tampa, four and twelve. Yeah, you, you could get say three.
1: you could even broaden it out and just say against the American League East.
0: But at least with the Yankees in Bo- in Baltimore, they're like right around five hundred, right? They're six and seven, seven and eight. You can yeah. live with that. I mean, that's against the Yankees. That's
1: yeah. The other two combined, what are they? Five and twenty five.
0: Yeah, figure yeah, that add seven more wins between the two of them.
1: Yeah, that cuts the lead from.
0: Yeah, that that'll. Where does that put you? At least well, in the wild card. That if would... they won
1: seven more, right now they're ten back of the wild card. So that would bring them down to three back. They would be in front of Baltimore right now, in between Baltimore and Toronto if they won yeah. seven more. And you're, you're
0: in, you're in, right, it. in it, but... right? And and that's all you – you know what? Against Listen, against Tampa and Toronto, I'm not saying you should be 12-4, and four, but if you're playing 500 – that's all I'm saying. Play 500 against those guys. Yep. You know, that that's all you got to do. Think about it. That's all you had to do this year. And you would be in the playoff race right now saying, all right, you know what? We're in it. We got a better chance than Baltimore, who's been red hot. So um, it's amazing. I mean, last year, I've, I've said it so many times. We won one more game against Baltimore. That one game playoff was in Yankee Stadium and not at Fenway. And who knows what would have happened, right? Maybe the same. Yeah, day. every
1: game counts. It's It's incredible how. Just one or two games you figure, oh, it's a six month season, a lot of games, but one one or two games could determine the whole season. so
0: yeah, it's it's pretty amazing uh, when you when you look at it that way.
1: and um, then looking around the rest of the league, I know we've been talking about pool holes for a while for a couple episodes, but he finally passes a rod, so he's fourth place all time. He's at six ninety seven with twenty twenty or twenty one games to go, I think
0: uh, I, hope he gets place. I think he I think he's gonna get the seven hundred. I'm hoping he does so. three more, right you would think and yeah. he's been he's been hitting great. he's hitting over they had the numbers up on MLB network earlier they he's hitting great against lefties and he's actually still he's hitting over four hundred I think against lefties. And against righties, he's hitting 260 or something like that. At this point, it's not bad. It doesn't. Yeah,
1: the average is. He's just. He just wants to finish his career with 700, get into the playoffs, and it's a. Uh, it's amazing what he's done. I mean, we've already talked about the the consistency and the greatness. And it's just, uh, I think you brought it up a while ago. I don't. I don't think we're going to see. Somebody approached those numbers no. for career home runs
0: for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, we may not even see it in our lifetime.
1: Because you know? I yeah, I'm gonna say that the player that cracks the top four is not in the big leagues yet.
0: Yeah, I don't, I really don't think so. Um we we ran it down. I mean, there's a lot of guys, I, I, I there's no way. I mean, there's no way.
1: Between health and or just changing your game into a power hitter. Because a lot of the guys that we were mentioning in the earlier episodes were great players, but they're averaging like 35 a year.
0: Right. Which is not going to get committed. it done.
1: No. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, course- I guess that before we uh, take a before I forget, the biggest news, I think, was the rule changes. Yes. That that we have to talk about. I think I think baseball got it right. I'm with I, you. I rarely say that, but I, I think they to use this little pun, they knocked it out of the park. They yep. uh I mean the minor league games that have implemented the pitch clock, I think have lowered the time of game like twenty six minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: It's getting to the point yeah, where uh, the average game is in baseball is less time than the average football game, and that's always been somebody's argument against baseball: well, oh, it takes too long. Uh, if you're looking at a two and a half hour product, that's not that's doable. No, absolutely. To play, I mean, every game is different, but when there's a when there's a good pace of play, and the pitcher is getting the ball, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with the pitching communication device system, I think that's been a a net positive so far. I mean, you've seen some hiccups with it, but the pitch clock, I think, is going to be 20 seconds and 15. It's going to be more when there's somebody on base.
0: Yeah, I think it's 15 without somebody and yeah. 20 with. The and they're going to that... limit the
1: number of pickoffs you can throw.
0: That's the one. I. That's a little weird. Yeah, that one I I think out of all of them, that's the only one I seriously have somewhat of a problem with. Because if you got a guy and you get him to to throw over for you, then you know he's going to go right. If yeah. it's a fast runner or so,
1: and I, I get mean, where they're going with it. They want to obviously quicken the pace of play, but what's to stop a pitcher from just stepping off? Then
0: I don't know if you're I don't know if you're uh, allowed to, like if. If you throw over and you
1: use up all your, all your pickoff moves, can you just step off?
0: I don't think you're allowed to No. Okay.
1: So yeah, then that's a little wonky. That's going to get, that's definitely going to get used up in the
0: playoffs for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's the only part that I didn't, I I was like, "Mm, I don't know if that's going to work, but pitch clock, I don't think is that big of a deal. Um, the bases. Bigger bases make yeah. sense. For I like that. Yeah, I thought and to be honest, they should put the the outside base at first base. You, you know, know like, so- like we, you know, like I'm sure everybody used one in softball or little league or something. I think that makes the most sense. You know, you wouldn't have to worry about the base runner anymore if the guy's running and he gets hit, you know, by yeah. the throw. You know, stuff like that. It's like just stay in that lane and you're good. Yeah. Uh, no. How do you
1: feel about the two? When I say bending ships, it's it's technically banning the ships, but you can it's two players on the dirt in the infield on each side of second base. So there's still some shifting that can be done.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, I actually like it because I know the fans are like, oh then all they, you know, the the all the players have to do is hit the other way, right? Or bunt when when they're playing all to one side. It's not that easy to do that. And, you know, like if you're if you're coming up and you're hitting a certain way, it's hard to do that. And there's, you know, hitters even going back years ago that couldn't hit the other way. Right. But they never really, you know, did this kind of a, you know, crazy shifts on them. But it's just it's hard to do. And it's hard to teach a, a guy in about 30 years old. Okay, now you got to hit the other way. Now you got to hit that 90. I think it was Ted
1: Williams who famously said, I'll just hit through the shift. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It worked for him. Yeah. So I I understand when I say, you know, baseball did it right this time. Some fans are going to say, well, there shouldn't be a clock for the pitching and there shouldn't be, you have to stand certain places defensively. But look, everyone's got to play somewhere. And every sport has these little, you know, certain men on the line of scrimmage, certain players. Yeah, you definitely. have a position for a reason. It shouldn't. It shouldn't deter. It's not going to take away from the game. I don't think. I think pitch clock gonna, might take some time to get used to, but I don't think for the players. I think more so for the fans.
0: I think it's going to make the game better. Yep. it's gonna, the um, the speed of the game is going to be better. The tempo of it is going to be better. Um, I they brought it up too. I hate to keep bringing it up, but um, when um, think about it, if there's a pitch count, right? A pitch clock. Think about a big moment in a playoff game, right? Let's say Justin Verlander is on the mound at Yankee Stadium, bases loaded, three-two pitch, right? You're gonna hear the crowd count down five, yeah, eight, four. You know, so I think yeah. it's gonna be kind of cool. I think there's gonna be great moments. With this, I know it's going to be different, but I think it's going to speed up the the game. Um, listen, if we could get a baseball game in under three hours, that's awesome. And if it's going to be anything like I know, you know, some of the younger people didn't see games from 30, 40 years ago, but 30 years ago, the games were pretty good. They weren't these three hour, three and a half hour marathons. Right. So I think yeah, I think baseball
1: can safely get around two forty five to maybe even less. But-
0: yeah, anything under three hours is a is a bonus. You know, that yeah, much under three hours is definitely. great. So two and a half hour game, 245, that's, you want to see that, you know, and with action and with a lot of hits and with guys stealing bases because that's, that's become a lost art form is stealing bases. You don't see that often anymore. And now you probably will. I, I think you're going to see more guys steal bases because of this.
1: Yeah, and I think I think baseball wants to go back to I think the '80s, right, where it's just more contact, more just more more balls in play.
0: Basically, anything before I think 2000, they yeah. want to get back. You know, like just a a good game of baseball and a yep. little more up tempo because back then they didn't take four hours to throw a pitch like some of these pitches that are doing it. But what some of these, I don't know who is going to be, but some of these guys are going to have to get used to that. But 20 seconds and even 15 seconds is a lot longer than, than we think it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? So I, I don't think it's going to impact these guys. will figure it out. If, if it's some of these guys that take a lot longer, um, you know, we we've seen guys, Steve Traxel. Yeah, that was bad. You know, and that yeah. guy, he wouldn't be able to handle it, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, he'd be like all right, I'm done. I can't do this. I'm but, good. Uh, one yeah. pitch. <laughs> right, I can't pitch anymore. So, yeah, no, I I like it. I I'm kind of excited and the other thing um I think Cone brought up during one of the Yankee telecasts was the um the balls and strikes challenge system that they might bring in too. Um kind of like a hybrid system before we get to the um before we get to the uh, robot umpire right? Yeah. So it'd be like a ball strike where if it's a close call and if you want to challenge it, you could challenge if it's a ball or a strike and only the batter, the pitcher, bat, is it batter, pitcher and catcher are the only ones that could um, ask for a challenge.
1: And how many, yeah, I've heard that, but how many would you get?
0: Oh, I don't know if it's the one like it is with the regular challenge or right. if it's too, I forgot what it they said. But he said, he goes, it's a good kind of uh, bridge to the robot umpire. Or before we get there, let's try this. And if this works, maybe we won't have to get to the... Because he was saying that the robot umpire is not 100% yet. So he goes, they're still working out the kinks. They're still, you know, they might be bringing in another system to kind of try yeah. out too. And so... Well, my
1: biggest fear with that would be, what happens if it reboots?
0: in game seven oh yeah then it's the gonna system. be a delay and right yeah i i agree with computers you never know right i mean i get that there would
1: be a human umpire on the field too
0: right but how like, do you are you gonna just be like okay we're gonna start calling balls and strikes you know uh yeah that, yeah you're right i you know what i never thought of that but thinking about it what happens if
1: because isn't it that the, the the human umpire is there calling balls and strikes or he's there behind home plate and he has something in his ear telling him that's a
0: strike that's a ball yeah that's what'll probably happen
1: right so it's
0: not like you know when i
1: first heard robo umps
0: yeah no it's not thinking you
1: know jefferson's with jetsons like you know like an actual computer there but what happens if you know the umpire is there and He's just waiting to hear, and the thing says, error.
0: <laughs>
1: and it's game seven, and it's a full count.
0: And now we're starting to sound like old people by saying that.
1: Yeah. Like, what happens if, if... you
0: try turning it off and turning it back on. Right. <laughs>
1: but you would hate to see... I mean, they're going to get... I agree. No,
0: it's... Right. I think that's why, to me, this is bigger than these, cha- these changes, right? Because, like you said, if they don't want to be in the middle of a big game and you know we see error or whatever oh we're gonna have to and and you know the game's pause for 20 minutes because they're rebooting the system you know that would be pretty embarrassing for them especially on a big stage so i think that's why they're i think they're taking as as much time as possible on this and yeah. that's why you want to you
1: want to roll it out once and, right, it exactly. once and get it
0: right that's why i i kind of like the um that hybrid system before we get to there like give us this balls and strikes thing first, the challenge system, figure that out, whatever way it's going to be. Let's see how that's going to be first. So this way, you know what, now you could push the, you know, the, the robot umpire down a couple of years, you know, cause now it's yep. at this and like, Oh, okay, this is pretty good. We could live with this. And then when the computer get uh, the robot umpire gets here, then it's a little easier, I think to swallow. It's like, Oh, okay. All right. This is not so bad. So by then, the pitch clock would be already normal. And so I, you know what? You said it first. Major League Baseball does not get it right much, you know, as much as they should. Usually it's like, Yeah, exactly.
1: And um, I'm screwed it up. But this time, they got more right than they got wrong. And I think it's going to be more on the fans to, okay, there's a pitch clock. Get used to it. Because the players in the minor leagues are used to it
0: yeah they're already there you know and i think um i i i really do i think it'll be fine and trust me there's gonna be fans you know are not gonna accept this no matter what happens right they they don't care you know like they're like oh that's you're changing the game and but in every sport the game changes you know it it evolves in some way and we've seen it in every single sport they've evolved in some way for better and for worse and that's what baseball is doing. And they have to do something because, yeah, you know what? Attendance is down. And you know what? They're not getting that younger crowd watching anymore. You know, um, who said it? Somebody was saying it on on TV today, too. And they said, when there's, like you said, if my, if my kids are watching the game, if, if, a, if a manager come out or if a, the batter, you know, if the batter steps out for too long, they, they're like they're done. They don't want to see these pauses in the game. You okay. know, they want to see the game. Boom, boom, boom. You know, I think eventually you'll see the umpire, uh, the manager not even come out to change the pitcher. They'll just yeah. tell them, all right, we're bringing this guy in. OK, like he doesn't have to walk all the way out and no. do all that signal. You know, you don't have to do that anymore. So, um, yeah, it's and
1: it's fun. just every sport goes through these changes. Yeah, yeah. It's just some sports do it sooner than later. Right. So. I think it's all good for the game and streamlining it, making it more accessible to more people.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, so uh, how, how is the uh, – I was going to ask about the Yankees' health that you we were talking about. They were in – it's, it's kind of that waiting period. Like they played in the minor game. They played in Somerset, was
0: it? Double A? Yeah, so I think most it's just them. a matter of time. So
1: it's kind of just waiting it out and seeing how they respond to it.
0: Yeah, I think Bader Bader just started his rehab, I think, on Sunday. He played, he got a couple of hits.
1: I think he's so, probably the most important.
0: Uh, him and I think, I'll, I'll say Severino too. Okay, yeah. Because Severino gives you that, he's that kind of swing guy. Like, do you put him as a starter and then you put someone in the bullpen – that's starting for you now. Like maybe not Cortez because he's been great. Um, you know, maybe Tyone in the bullpen or, you know, Schmidt will go into the bullpen. You know, like I think yeah. Severino gives you more, a little more options pitching wise. Um, and yeah, Bader definitely on the offensive side and Rizzo coming back, you know, at some point. I don't know if he's going to, I thought they were going to start ramping up some kind of baseball activity on him because he, he was home, like not even up.
1: Uh, um, yeah, that's not good. It's yeah, not he was like, laying oh, down. I could try and put maybe. No.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty amazing, and uh, yeah, I I think he'll be back by the weekend for sure. And DJ, they're talking about maybe the next home stand, so that's another week if he comes back, which would be awesome. Um, and then you got. Uh, you know Benintendi. I don't know if he's gonna come back with the with the hand. If he comes back, I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be like in the playoffs. You know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't see him too coming early,
1: back right away.
0: Yeah, all. I think it's too early to say like, okay, he's coming back this time, because yep. I think they just got the cast off. So it's a matter of you know seeing how it's healing and. So who knows? I I I'm not even like thinking about him. I'm thinking more Rizzo is more important because we right now we don't have a first baseman, right? We're using Marwin Gonzalez as our first yeah, baseman. It's not. No, and he's not. You you said it first. If you could play all those positions, then you're not really that. You know, if you can't really play one position, right? Then you're not really that good. And he could handle himself. You know, he's not a total poop show over there, but, you know, he, yeah, can he handle is stuff.
1: what he is. I right. And he's not, gonna... you know,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm okay with it, you know, and um, so I, yeah, I think for me, Rizzo, Severino, and of course, Bader. And Bader is even more important if Benintendi doesn't return. You know, if Benintendi yep. returns, then, you know, then you got, you, you're really sick. Cause then I mean, ben... imagine
1: if they just return and you just, they're average at bats, but they're defensively they're what they're capable of doing.
0: It's, and that outfield probably
1: great outfield defense.
0: Yeah, that's as good as anybody. You know, you got two gold glovers and and judge who I think was a gold glove finalist. And yep. you watch him play. He's basically a gold glove outfielder on his own. So, yeah, yeah, that would that would be great. Now, the problem here is not a problem. It's a good problem to have. All these guys coming back, that means a guy like Cabrera probably doesn't start. I mean, unless they're going to start him instead of, um, let's say, um, Donaldson at third or maybe IKF at short. Are they going to really sit those guys in the postseason?
1: I don't know if time? you pull the plug on IKF now.
0: Right. Yeah. That's why i, I it's going to be bad on him. And he's, he's going to make the roster. He has to. Yeah. But I don't know if he's going to start many games because of that reason. Like, are you really going to sit these guys? I mean, they could. I would love it. But <coughs> you never know. Maybe Donaldson comes back. And I, it would be great. That's the other thing. If Donaldson could get hot here the next, you know, three weeks, he had a home run the other day, maybe he's going to warm up a little bit. And because if yeah. that bat gets going, that's. Oof, it's, that would be- it's
1: tricky as you know watching this team every day because yeah they've on one hand the yankees the good thing for yankee fans is you've seen this team what they're capable of at the start of the year the other hand there's a lot you mentioned a lot of ifs a lot of things have to get right a lot of people have to get healthy things have to happen a certain way in the playoffs but you've shown the ability in the first half of the season. So, it's one of those things where you really, these last three or four weeks are really, really important. I mean, obviously, you you know, when you want to win as many games as you can, you know, get the division as early as you can, but it's not like it was in May where some fans were thinking, ah, the season's over, we're, we're gonna win 115. Yeah. There's a lot of things that have to break right for the Yankees heading just heading into the playoffs. Yep. And then it's a whole new game. Then
0: it's it's just a matter of getting these guys healthy, you know. Um yep. and who's who's gonna be healthy enough to get into the postseason, who's gonna get enough at bats and all that. So um so I'm 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 looking forward to these next couple of weeks. You know, I I really wasn't last week. I wasn't looking forward to the end of the season because they were playing <laughs> so bad, and I'm like, oh god. But with them coming back and they are playing a little better now, um, it was nice that they took two out of three against uh, the Rays. So, and you know, and when you look at the Rays, okay, they're in second place here, but they're in the wild card lead, and they're only a half game in front of Seattle.
1: Yeah, I was just um, gonna bring that up.
0: Yeah. They're half game in front
1: of Seattle. They are a percentage point above Seattle. And Toronto is only – in the lost column, Tampa Bay is at 60. Seattle and Toronto are at 61. And then there's a a five-and-a-half game. Right now, I'm just saying that the six teams that are in the playoffs today are going to be in the playoffs at the end of the year
0: in the American League. I think that's safe. And – I was right before the right before we started recording, I was looking at Tampa, Seattle, Toronto and Baltimore's remaining schedule. And. The only team that's got an easy schedule is Seattle. They got a pretty cushy last three, four weeks, but Tampa, Toronto and Baltimore all have tough games and it's it's really going to. That's why I think it's going to stay, like you said, with these three teams, because I think they're all going to just. You know, whatever. I don't think one team is going to pull away. Like I think Seattle is going to get that top spot, and then you know Toronto and um, and Tampa are going to be two and three. That's what I think is going to happen. Uh, but I don't think Baltimore is going to make up five games. Actually, six in the in the loss column with Toronto, seven with Tampa. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that is with what twenty ish games left? Twenty, twenty one yep. games left. So. 22 games for them, I think.
1: And then the National League, it, it looks like to me, it's, it's 17 race for six spots. You got the Mets, Cardinals, Dodgers, obviously, and then the Braves, and then you got the Phillies, Padres, and the Brewers. The Brewers are two back of the Padres for the final spot. I had, I had the White Sox and the Brewers in the World Series, so. Yeah, I think for the Brewers to get in there and lose in the first round probably, but it's it's going to be tough in the National League. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm looking at it. You get in and you're going to play who? You're going to play a tough team like Atlanta. uh, St. Louis. St. Louis. Really good teams. And then if you win that, what's your – your prize is playing the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. Look
0: that. All right, here. Let's look at real quick. I'm going to look at. I I have the Brewers' schedule. You open up the. Um, you open up the Padres' schedule. Okay. I'll, all right. So, le- while you're doing that, I'm going to. I'll tell you what St. Um, what Milwaukee's got coming up. They got okay. St. Louis for two at St. Louis. Then they're home against the Yankees this weekend for three. Then they go to the Mets for three. And then they go to Cincinnati for four home against St. Louis home against Miami. um, And then they finish up with Arizona. So their last six games are Miami, Arizona. But before that, they're a little true. Actually, their last three, six, nine games. Yeah. Are Cincinnati, St. Louis, uh, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Miami. And then Arizona. Yeah, it's that's not horrible. They gotta get through the no. these first uh two uh yeah, it's a mixed bag. We uh, gotta get yeah. through the first
1: part of that. And yeah. San Diego it's similar. It's two at Seattle, four at Arizona, who have had our scrappy team. They're getting better, they're, yeah, they're getting younger bad. with their prospects coming up. Um And three at home against St. Louis, tough series. Three at Colorado. Three against the Dodgers. And then their final game of the season is at home against the White Sox. It's a weird ending, but it was a makeup game, I think. But look, anytime you're finishing with the Dodgers, that's tough. But you, you got winnable games there for San Diego. And you got the- Arizona, you've got Colorado. It's a mixed bag.
0: And the Dodgers are gonna clinch the, the division in a, a day or two, right? Yeah. They're up by 20 games right now, which is yep. ridiculous. And I said it earlier, San Diego is closer to the last place than they are first place. Yeah. In that division. Yeah. And Colorado's 36 games out. So <laughs> that's not good.
1: <laughs> and you know what? I've got a hunch, and this is scary, but I've got a hunch yeah. that the Dodgers Dodgers don't even make the world series. I don't wow. I don't I don't think so. I think we were talking about it off the air real quick, right before we started. I think one of these not not just wildcard teams, but St. Louis, Atlanta, Philadelphia is a whole nother story. And San Diego or Milwaukee, whoever gets it. I could see Atlanta doing what they did last year. I could see St. Louis going on and on one in the playoffs. And the Mets. And the Mets are still quietly there. Yeah. So and I don't guy. see the Yankees or the Dodgers in the World Series. And if you asked me in May, I would say, of course.
0: And the what scares me about the Dodgers and what scares me about a little bit about The Braves is their closest situations, right? The Dodgers have Craig Kimbrell and the Braves have, and we just seen him blow a big Jansen, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Both, I mean, but Jansen at least has, I think he's, we'll give him a little bit more of an edge, I think, over Kimbrell, right? Kimbrell,
1: look, I've seen, but Kimbrell, he's, when he's on, he's great, but his bad is really bad. His bad is bad enough that he could derail the team's season in the playoffs easily. So I I don't I don't like back end
0: of that bullpen for the Dodgers. Yeah, I I don't. Not not the closer. I, their middle not not for as
1: good as the rest of their team is.
0: Right, exactly, and I think the middle relief is not bad because. Yeah. One of those starters is going to get in there, right? As a yeah. so I think the bullpen's going to be okay. The middle spot, um, it's everything else. I mean, if you put
1: maybe if you tell me a team that has more than 300 run differential has a question mark here, a question mark there. It that shouldn't be the case.
0: Like, what's right going now, on now
1: with their record? They should be like,
0: okay, that's it, yeah. hands down, right. We shouldn't even be talking about this. Right. But, you know, I mean, they, they got a couple of decent arms. Like Evan Phillips has been great. Um, uh, Vesee has been great. Bigford's been solid. I wouldn't say great. But Kimbrell, you know, Kimbrell's Kimbrell. It's weird because the guys
1: with track records haven't been good. Right. And exactly. the guys without that much history behind them have been performing well.
0: Now are they going to put like a Dustin May in the bullpen. Um, he's got electric stuff. Yeah. I mean, he I screams he, to me bullpen. Right. I think he was so. great. And what's going on? I don't know. Is is Gonsolin still hurt? Is he coming back? What's going on with him? Do you know?
1: I haven't heard an update. Oh, okay. As far as uh, when he's coming back.
0: Hmm. Because that'll be interesting. You know, if he comes back, that's their rotation could match up against the Mets. Now, yeah. the Mets also... The Mets are the, a little bit different, right? They have the lockdown closer, who's been unbelievable this year. Easily the best closer in baseball. Yes. But it's their middle that I'm not... Exactly. I don't love it, you know? I'm sorry. I don't... I, you know, I know a lot of Mets fans are like, oh, we'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. I'm like... Eh, yeah, we'll figure it out. It's like yeah, yeah, I don't know. Figure it out until you don't. And, and then- me... We both know what what at least one of those guys does in the in the playoffs, right? We've seen. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I,
1: I, and I don't get it because Ottavino has got a great slider. Oh, and he's got he, great stuff. Yeah, he's got great stuff, and then he just doesn't put it all together.
0: And just quickly, I looked up. Gons- Gonsolin is throwing. He was throwing a bullpen session. On Sunday, so it was yesterday. And Gratterall too. I forgot about him. He was out, he's been out. And he's also supposed to be throwing a bullpen session. So
1: and Gratterall um, will probably throw a bullpen session. What he'll probably be sitting at like
0: ninety eight. Yeah, just throwing it. You know, nice and easy. So that's um those are big. If those guys come back, oh my god, you know, then that middle then things start to line up. Yeah. They're big ifs, obviously. You know, because you don't know how they're going to be when when they do actually come back. So, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's what bothers me about that about the Dodgers, and I'm surprised they did not try to add to that bullpen at some point. You know, like a closer ish type of guy. You know, yeah,
1: I'm surprised. I was I was trying to look for like a team that was out of it at the trade deadline that had a proven closer. And usually those things don't go together, but teams like—I mean—you're not going to trade in division. So maybe an American League team that was out of it. I was trying to find a trade
0: partner. Oakland was. Oh, how about Soto? It would have cost them a lot from yeah. Detroit. Or yeah. oh, what about the the guy from Kansas City? Barlow. Barlow. He was he was good. Yeah, Barlow or Soto would have. Fit the bill, and they would have. I think both teams would have. I think got them for at least two or three really good prospects for those guys because they're young, and they're yeah. really good. Electric, you know, uh, maybe even the guy from Pittsburgh. Ednar, yeah, he's been pretty good. Yeah, all
1: all three of those, and then what would you do with Kimball? Right, that's that's staggering. the bigger thing, and then what would that say to? I mean. I think that'd be a positive. Obviously, anytime you acquire borderline all-stars, oh, it just right. shows your team. Look, we're willing to upgrade. No one's safe. We're a great team. We want to get even better. I think it would have made a lot of sense. Definitely. Maybe the price was too high. I'm sure the Dodgers looked into. <laughs> even I'm sure before the Dodgers them, right? were open to anything. So, even for the Dodgers, the price was too high. for the Dodgers, once in a while, it's too <laughs> Who knew? And Amazing. before we get to trivia, uh, you did show me on this day in history, and this is a good one. Today in 1979, Boston Red Sox legend Carl Yastrzemski collects his 3,000th hit with an eighth-inning single against the Yankees at Fenway. I knew it was at Fenway. I didn't know it was against the Yankees. And I know he went – there's always, like, a backstory behind the 3,000 hit. He went, like, oh for – after he got his 2,999, he went, like, oh for, like, four games before he got his 3,000. But it's, it's fitting that he got it against the Yankees at home yeah. in Fenway. I don't know who the pitcher was. But I do see Chris Chambliss as the first baseman for the Yankees. Ustremski, on another in another franchise, he would be hands down the greatest, one of the greatest players. Like if he was on uh, another team, other than the Yankees, obviously he would be. He wouldn't be overshadowed by Ted Williams. It's just right. funny how certain franchises are just loaded at certain positions as far as all-time bats and Yastrzemski he, even by me when we were doing the all-time teams obviously he was on the Red Sox all-time team for both of us yeah but my point is he kind of he kind of gets underappreciated because everyone talks about Yastrzemski uh, everyone talks about Ted Williams and Yastrzemski just quietly you know, three thousand something hits. But Yeah, that's an all-time great. So,
0: oh, easily, easily. And I noticed the video also. Um, I didn't see who pitched; it doesn't show. But the um, the ball gets by w- right by Willie Randall for the hit. And of course, Chambliss, like you said, is at first. But yeah, yeah. that's all we see. But uh, and yeah, I never nice.
1: seen Ustremski play in my life. So, and obviously, never seen Ted Williams play, but. I just I think that adds to it as far as what I was trying to get at, like he's underrated in a certain yeah. sense. It's just one of those things. If I haven't seen him play, he, look, he's great. He was he was on the cover of Life magazine, Newsweek. I mean yeah. when was the last time a baseball player was on the cover of one of those magazines?
0: Right. No, but it's
1: true. I just wish I could have seen a guy like him play.
0: I just caught the very end of him, so I don't want to say, you know, I, I caught the last couple of years of of his career. So it wasn't anything yeah. special. Yeah, and he
1: won the triple crown way earlier in his career.
0: I mean, for for Red Sox, a little bit older players, I remember just Jim Rice being just a just a, a machine. Yeah, as a as a bat, I mean, he was like one of the most feared batters that. I remember the Yankees going against, you know, him. I put oh, him right yeah. up there with, with Brett, you know, Brett was that way too with, with Kansas city. It was just, they were just yeah. the, the Yankee killers, those guys. So, but, um, so do we have trivia? Yeah, I do have one. It's a small one. It's nothing major. <coughs> I've seen it pop up. Uh, there's only four players in major league baseball history. I'm going to give you one because he just did it. It's easy. Uh, 55 home runs and 15 stolen bases in the same season. So, Judge obviously just did it. So, there's right. three others in a season major league history. Um... One I wasn't expecting, but the other two kind of make sense. Hmm. Hmm. Are they way back? Or One is way back, and the other two are guys
1: we've seen. I didn't go out on a limb and start with Ricky Henderson. No. Wow.
0: Never 55 in a season, home runs. I was just working it the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, Ricky probably never even had 40.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe not even 30. Oh, man. 30, if he did it, maybe once. Looking it
1: up, Yeah. He had 28 one year. Jeez. There you go. There you, there you go. go. All right. Um, <laughs> 55 home runs, 15 stall bases. Brady Anderson? Nope. He had 51 that year, right? Yeah. That crazy year. Um, this is going to be somebody obvious, and I'm going to.
0: Yeah, you don't over. They say. No, actually. Oh, my God. The year Brady Anderson had 50, he had. Oh wait, this thing is wrong.
1: Oh no, was fifty-five 50 or fifty-five?
0: Right, fifty-five and over. Right. Okay, so I got really close, but not quite. Right, but not Bonds. Okay, I'm I'm curious what Bonds did because Brady only had uh, fifty. Okay.
1: Um, it's fifty-five home runs. There's not that many people.
0: Barry Bonds only went over fifty once. Was the seventy-three year? Surprisingly. Wow. Other years he was, you know, in the forties and thirties, but never a fifty. And the year he went seventy-three, he had thirteen stolen bases. A rod? Uh, no. I you oh know what, that's guy. Maybe he never had fifty-five. Wow. No, I think he did have fifty-five one year, didn't he? He had fifty-four. Of okay. uh, fifty-seven, he had fifty-seven home runs in two thousand two with Texas, but only had nine stolen bases that year. And sandwiched, he had 18 the year before and 17 the following year. So, and the year... he's am working
1: is the wrong way. I'm doing, I'm thinking of the stolen bases for some reason, but 15, you yeah, get 15 stolen bases.
0: Yeah, you, you don't really think of these guys as, I guess, one of them out of the three that we, that I, that you don't have. Would be a... A stolen base, that you would think stolen bases right off the bat, kind of.
1: Roger Maris? No. 15 stolen bases that year? No. No. Okay. There's probably, I'm thinking there's probably only like 10 individual players that got over 55 home runs.
0: Yeah. Oh, duh. Ken Griffey Jr. Right. Uh, Maris had no stolen bases the year he hit 61. Holy crap. Ken Griffey <laughs> did, did it in no nine
1: stolen bases?
0: That year, yeah. Wow. He only stole 21 in his career, Roger Maris. All right. Um, Ken Griffey did it in 97 and 98.
1: Because I was thinking, Griffey. I know Griffey put up two straight years of, yeah. I think, identical home runs. Yeah, just
0: monster years. Yeah, those are incredible. Um. Okay. Um. Yeah. Fifty-six. Fifty-six. And he had fifteen and twenty stolen bases in those years.
1: Fifty-five home runs. Think and that one way. happened a long time ago. One happened a long time ago. Uh, I should have probably. No, there's no way he stole fifteen bases.
0: I said the same thing. But if he's your guest, say it. Babe Ruth. Yes.
1: Jesus
0: one Why year would I
1: not start with the obvious ones
0: that's what i said you can't overthink it 50 yeah, 59 50 this was unbelievable 50 well and there was no mvp then but 59 home runs 168 RBIs 145 walks 512 on base a46 slugging ops i'm looking them
1: up right now baseball reference that was even his highest on base percentage
0: no, 177 runs scored. Just like video game numbers right there. Um, I was going to say vid- Barry Bonds numbers, but
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um like so I'm forgetting one out? Out, at least one and it's probably recent if it's that many home runs.
0: Yeah, within our within our time, not recent recent, but Definitely somebody um, you've seen. Probably. I'll just say
1: because he's probably up there a lot, and it's not Bonds. I'm going to say Sosa.
0: Yep, Sammy Sosa did it. I'm not 1998 as well. That was the year.
1: That was his high watermark. And that was like home runs.
0: Uh, it was funny. Brian Kenny on on his show on MLB Network brought it up. If you take away those four seasons, uh, like 98 to 2002. You know, when those crazy, it was like the peak of... Yeah, 66,
1: 63, 50, and 64.
0: He said, if you take those four years away, four or five years, I forgot what the exact number was. And the fifth year
1: was 49. Yeah. 98 to 2002.
0: You take those four years away out of Major League Baseball, all of those players, everything else kind of lines up. uh, You know, like stat-wise, everything. It kind of, it's kind of like everything averages out, you know, yeah. nothing, nothing is like, oh my God, that's so much higher and so much lower. It was, you know, everything's on an even keel. So it was like those four years or five years, whatever he said, kind of through major league baseball. A yeah, little he years.
1: went from a guy that would have like 400 home runs, not even, to over 600.
0: Yeah. Because of those years,
1: even yeah, more. Insane, you know,
0: he's another one Just put crazy numbers up those, those uh those you actually a little past it too and then it's uh it's pretty yeah 98
1: everything came together because he batted 308 as well right 18 stolen bases it's incredible he only had only had 20 doubles
0: and when you look at that 98 season he led the league in strikeouts and he also led the league in total bases. And he only walks seven times. Right. Led the league in RBIs and runs. So it was kind of a weird...
1: That was just a weird year because I'm looking at it. Obviously, he hit the ball either really far or he struck out because only 20 doubles for a guy with that that much power. And
0: no triples. Wow. So he had 86. 86... Extra base hits and one hundred and twenty-two.
1: He's a singles hitter. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's my take. That's yeah. I man. mean, those years, those five years, he was first in MVP, ninth, ninth, second, and ninth. Hmm. I don't know how you finished ninth in MVP with sixty-three home runs, two
0: eighty-eight. Well, you well, your team is guys. team wasn't good, probably right. Yeah. They were good in ninety
1: 90- yeah, they, they were finished sixth in the NL Central ninety-nine. But that was because I think Carrie Wood and Pryor got hurt, right?
0: Yeah. Because they were good in oh three, right? That was the
1: uh Yep, that was the Bartman year. Bartman, that was the year yeah. when I think Twitter would have broke if oh my god, if the Red Sox and the Cubs both made the World Series that year. Oof. Or if it happened just the way it did, Boone and Barton.
0: Or even Yankees-Red Sox. I mean, uh, Yankees-Cubs, I was really rooting for. That would Yankees-Cubs would
1: have been interesting because it would have brought up, did Ruth call that shot back yep. in the day?
0: Oh, the league would have ate that up.
1: Yeah. I really thought that year it was going to be Boston and the Cubs
0: yeah I think you know what at I least a lot of people at least one of them yeah <laughs> it's amazing how only one of uh, neither one made it and yeah. you know Yankees like, no, Marlins I
1: then I was like okay shit's real there's it's, there's definitely some juju yeah bad on both teams it's, it's not good yeah but then 2004 happened so And the Cubs win it later on. And I I just, I, real quick, I hate how the Cubs are lovable losers. And Boston was
0: stuck with, well, they're cursed. Right. Right. Why can't the Red Sox be the lovable losers too?
1: Yeah. Like when I went out to Wrigley, it was like, everyone was like, oh, just, you know, good weather, get a beer, get a hot dog, and just watch the game. Right. And you have a great time. In Boston, it's like, you effing bum. (laughs) We're cursed. It's like you know, it's just weird how different teams get
0: this different label attached to them and it just sticks. then sometimes they bring up the the curse with the Cubs, right? The Billy Goat. Yeah, that Billy Goat thing mm, it, that went it's away. Weird. It wasn't as prominent. And as then the, the Red Black Sox. Cat in '69. Right. That was the Cubs with the Mets. Oh, that's right. That's right. The one that ran on the field. That's right.
1: Yeah. So I get it with Ernie Banks and then Sosa. They were kind of happy go lucky and let's play two with Ernie Banks and Sosa. I remember with the flag. That was awesome when he yeah. used to run out to the outfield with the American flag. Yeah. After. yeah. That yeah, was when so, our country I mean,
0: was together.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And simpler times. Yep. And that
1: was episode. We are on, we are almost about to lap. The Red Sox win total for the year. We're on episode
0: 63. Let's let's hope we don't lap them by next week.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be good. (laughs) But uh, that was episode 63 of Talking Rivals. You can find us at Talking Rivals. Chris is at CP7NY. I'm at Patrick Uh, Trotty. TalkingRivals.com. Sportswire.com. SportswireSportinarium.com backslash player uh, and catch us wherever you get your podcast. So give us a listen, give us a like, continue the conversation on Twitter and uh, until next week, enjoy the games between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Take care.